I'm writing this talk on a significant day. It's the final of the 2020 Euros, and it's also the men's final at Wimbledon. It's a day when these young men will be able to show their talents to the world. They have reached the pinnacle of their sports. But what we won't see is what got them to the place they are now. We won't see all that happened for them to be here today. Think of all the young children who dream of playing at Wembley or Wimbledon. Only a tiny few get to achieve it. No doubt those who are playing today are very talented. But sometimes talent is not enough. What separates those who make it from those who fall by the wayside? I think from what I've seen of sport, and really I think it's a reflection of life in general, I think that so much of it comes down to something within a person. And I also think the outward support or, or lack of it that a person receives can make the difference as well. Firstly, you don't get to the top in sport without the support and the encouragement of lots of other people, including parents, grandparents and coaches. You know, the role of the coach, the one who comes alongside you to work with you, is so important. I was a player until my teens. I think the highlight of my football career was playing for Brynhavrid Junior School in a cup final at Swansea's old stadium, which was called the Vetchfield, when I was 11. And sadly, we lost 1-0 to our rivals, St Joseph's. But when I was 18, I started training to be a teacher. And I taught for nearly 40 years. As I look back on those 40 years, I think what I was doing was in many ways acting as a coach. I did coach football, short tennis, swimming and so on in school and my children did achieve varying degrees of success. But I like to think that I acted as a coach to all the other hundreds of children who I had the privilege of teaching. I hope that I did my best to help those children to become the best that they could be. And in the end, that is what I think it's all about. It's not about comparing ourselves with others, but it's each person achieving their own potential, their own personal best. Now that I've retired from teaching, I'm still coaching and I have the privilege of coaching my grandson's football team. It's wonderful. It's rewarding. Each one of those children has hopes and dreams. You know, we all grow up wanting to be doing something significant with our lives. We won't all be brilliant footballers or whatever, but we can all achieve our personal best in life. And we can be the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. That's what I hope to help us become as I do these talks. You may or may not be a follower of Jesus listening today. And how you respond to it is your own decision. But let me put it this way to you. If someone offered you a book that if you read it and you followed it, it would guarantee you success in life, I'm pretty sure you would jump at it. And there's something else as well. What's more? What if someone not only offered you a book, but a coach to walk with you every day of your life, to help you, who would never leave you whatever situation you were in, who would always be there to help you. I think that's an offer worth looking at. It even seems almost too good to be true.
but so many people have found it to be the key to success in life. And I wonder what you would say is success in life. Is it money? Is it fame? Is it power to make other people do what you want them to do? The Bible says that real success is this. Success simply means knowing and doing God's will for your life. You were created by God, for God, to do something great, something that would make a difference for the better in the lives of others and bring God glory. Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you found out why. No doubt you know the first date, but do you really know the second answer, the second one? Are you able to say why you are here? And over the next few weeks, I'm going to be looking at some men in the Bible who lived successful lives. And I would encourage you to, to get a Bible and to read about them for yourself, perhaps sometime during the week before these talks. And one thing you need to hear before we even make a start, and what always gives me encouragement, is that all these men were ordinary people, ordinary men like you and me. Not one of them was perfect. They all made mistakes in their lives because, you know, that's what we human beings do. But they were all works in progress and God was able to use them and ultimately they lived what God would want them to do and they lived lives which God would call successful lives. We're going to start with a man named Caleb. Now, Caleb's story you'll find in the book of Numbers and in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament part of the Bible. The Israelites had just won their freedom from Egypt. Caleb had been living as a slave in Egypt, but he was a Canaanite. He wasn't even a proper Jew. He did not have the background, the pedigree, the heritage that most other Jews would have had. But by the time he is 40 years of age, He's become a leader in the tribe of Judah. He's become a leader. You'll see that in all the men that we will be looking at, the past does not have to determine their future, just like with us. God always sees the potential in our lives, even if we don't see it for ourselves. And Caleb is chosen as one of the 12 spies sent out by Moses to check out the land of Canaan, to see what it's like for them to settle in after leaving Egypt. They'd been promised a land flowing with milk and honey. It sounded lush, as we would say in Swansea. The initial survey brought back by the spies was, it sounded really good. The soil was fertile for farming. The fruit growing there was just amazing. But there was a problem. The people who lived there were huge. It was even reported that the Nephilim who were a legendary people of giant-like proportions, lived in the land. And so only two men reported that they should go for it, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb saw the giants too, but they believed that if God had said the land was for them, then that was it. Ten spies were governed by fear. Only two, Joshua and Caleb, were governed by faith in what God had said and what God had already done in the past. Joshua and Caleb were overruled by the voices of the others 
Because of that, all the people had to endure a 40-year trek around the desert. And every adult over 20 years of age bore the punishment for their lack of faith. They died before they entered the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb of that generation remained alive to enter it and to see with their physical eyes what their eyes of faith had seen 40 years earlier. God had given the promise of the land to the whole nation, but only two men who had seen it 40 years earlier entered into it, Joshua and Caleb. I don't know about you, but if I was Caleb and Joshua, I would have probably reacted very badly to those who prevented us from going into the land and doing what God told us to do. I'd have been very frustrated, angry perhaps, maybe even doubting God perhaps and what he'd said, but not Caleb. When eventually they enter the promised land, Caleb says to Joshua, give me that mountain which God promised me 45 years ago. It's heavily fortified. The giants are still there. I may now be 85 years of age, but I'm as strong today as I was when Moses sent us out to spy out the land. Wow. 85 years of age. Still going for it. Still believing that God keeps his promises. And still up for a fight with the enemy. And God as always keeps his promise. And Caleb and his his men, his family, drive out the enemy from the territory of Hebron and they set up their home there. Remember the definition of success I gave at the beginning of this short, short talk. Success is knowing and then doing God's will for your life. Well, Caleb certainly fits that criteria. This is what God said about Caleb. Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, and he follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. You know, that was the key to Caleb's success. He followed God wholeheartedly, even when others didn't, even when it looked bleak, even though there were disappointments and frustration, even though he was getting older, he still followed God wholeheartedly. He knew it was God who had set them free from slavery in Egypt, that God was real, that God was the one who had rescued them. Men, God is still looking today for men like Caleb, men with a different spirit, who love him wholeheartedly. You know, sometimes we like to complicate things and we add rules and regulations and qualifications for following God. For serving God. But you know, Jesus made it clear that God had sent him, sent Jesus to die for our sins so that we could be set free. And what God is looking for us in his men is that we love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And out of that, we love our neighbours just as much as we love ourselves. That as Jesus said, gives you entrance into his kingdom. Like Caleb, you were born with a purpose, to enter and to extend God's kingdom here on earth. Yes, you will get disappointments. People will let you down. People will say, you can't do it. You're too old. 
you're too young, whatever. But if you keep your focus on following God wholeheartedly and what he has said, let me say that's, that's reading the Bible, the book that if you read it and listen to what God is saying through it and you obey it, the God says will lead you to success. And another thing, you let the Holy Spirit lead you, coach you. You have a different spirit because it's the spirit, the Holy Spirit who is living in you. Your coach, your personal coach for every day of your life. And you will see like Caleb did, your mission for your life accomplished. When you get to the end of your life, you'll be able to look back and say, I accomplished what God wanted me to do. That's success. Can I encourage you as well to find others of the same spirit, with the same heart that you have to stand with you and fight with you in your mission? Just like Caleb and Joshua stood by each other. If you'd like to know more about living a successful life, you can listen to our further talks, which are coming out every week. You can also contact us at CVM. My email is gareth.pope at cvm.org.uk. And we also know of different groups who will be able to support you in your walk with God, because it's so difficult to do it by yourself. You need men to stand with you, just like Caleb and Joshua stood alone together for God. So thank you for listening. Please join me next week. See you then.